The message you're about to listen to is by Reverend Dr. Femi Olaleye of Oikea Christian Center. Remain blessed as you listen. Praise God. We have a wonderful time. We're going to have a wonderful time with you um, in the next couple of minutes. Now, one very important thing many individuals, many believers actually actually want to know is how can they know, um, how can they be led by the Spirit of God? Now, there are some people that put a lot of emphasis on the audible voice, you know, something that is dramatic and very supernatural than, you know, the leading of the Spirit. Now, let me clearly first, let me say, God has promised to lead us. God has promised to direct us. But God did not promise you that he would direct and lead you in a particular way. The Bible says, as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. All right? He didn't say, as many as are led by the audible voice. He didn't say, as many as are led by a spectacular manifestation of an angel. He said, as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. Hallelujah. Now, let's look at Proverbs chapter 20. Proverbs chapter 20, verse 27. How does God lead? All right? How does God lead? All right, us. In Proverbs 20, 27, the Bible says what? The spirit of a man. Are we there? Are we opening the scriptures? So if I know how I'm going to arrange myself. Proverbs 20, 27. He says, the spirit of the Lord, the spirit of a man is a candle of the Lord. All right, look at what it says. It says, the spirit of man is the candle of the Lord. Patching all the inward parts of the belly. The spirit of a man is a candle of the Lord. Searching all the inward parts of the belly. What that tells us is that if the spirit of man is God's candle, it means that if God is going to pass across an information to a man, he is going to do it through that man's spirit. It means in man... All right, when God created man, he put in him a capacity to be able to discern the leading of God. God put in that man, in every man, the capacity to discern the leading of God. Therefore, if the spirit of a man is a candle of the Lord, searching all the inward parts of the belly, it means that direction and the leading of God is as accessible to men as the air that they breathe. It means that the leading of God and direction to the man, all right, in Christ is accessible to that man just as the air it is that it breathes. So, all right, a believer should never think of direction and the leading of the Spirit of God as something that is difficult for him to have. He should never view it as something he needs to, um, uh, how will I put it now? He needs to stress himself and labor himself all right, to get. You must not see the leading of the Spirit as something that is external to you. You should not see the leading of the Spirit as something that is foreign to you. All right, no. The leading of the Spirit is what natural to you. Praise the Lord. It's natural to you. All right, guys, the platform that we're using are Facebook and YouTube. I am aware we are not live on Mixer. 
sorry for that. For today, we'll fix that by next week. Praise God. So everybody go on the video channels, especially YouTube. Everybody just go on YouTube. Thank you. Hallelujah. All right. So you should stop seeing the leading of the Spirit as something that is foreign to you. All right. And one of the major challenges I found out with being led by the Spirit that many believers have is that they get so much um, carried away by the stories of the supernatural manifestations of God's leading, all right, that they miss out what is, you know, spiritual. We must not miss out on what is spiritual, chasing the spectacular, chasing the, you know, outright spectacular or when somebody comes and tells you, I saw a vision of Jesus and he said such and such to me, or I saw an angel and the angel said such and such to me. Now, that is good and that is fine. But the truth about it is that God will not lead you most times through spectacular manifestations. He will not do it. He will not do it. If you go through scriptures, you're going to find out, all right, that many times you, the, those who were led by the Spirit of God to do something were not led in a spectacular way because that is how, not how God operates. Praise God. When God has to make loud noise, when God has to make loud noise to get your attention and pass across a message to you, it means that he has been trying to get your attention quietly, but you were not paying attention. So he had to create a scene, all right, in your senses for you to pay attention. Now, let us look at something very important. Genesis chapter 1, verse 20 to 27, all right? Now, we've said um, the spirit of man is the candle of the Lord where we're searching all the inward parts of his belly. All right. In Genesis chapter 1, verse 26, we understand, all right, we see the creation of man. And we see that man was created in the image of God. All right. And God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the fowl of the air and over the cattle and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. 27 says what? So God created man in his own image. In the image of God created he him. Male and female created he them. So we now see that God, a spirit, created man in his own image. So it means that man, in essence, is a spiritual being. Man, in essence, is a spiritual being. When I say man, I'm talking about the man in Christ. Understand that this is a message to believers. It is not a message to unbelievers. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. All right. So God created man in his own image, in image of God created him. So God created man a spiritual being, a spiritual being. So man is a spirit being that is having an earthly experience. Man is a spirit being that is adding, having what? An earthly experience. All right. Man is not an earthly being having or seeking spiritual experiences. It is the other way around. Man is a spirit being having an earthly experience because there would come a time where that man who is a spirit being earthly experience will come to an end. And once that comes to an end, it doesn't mean that the man has ceased to exist. It just means that his earthly experience has come to an end. So death is not the cessation of the existence of the man that has been created. It is just the cessation of his existence in the earthly realm. It is just a full stop to his what? Earthly experiences. His spiritual experience continues. Praise God. And that spiritual experience that the man is going to have is going to be in either of two places. It's going to either be in the light or it's going to be where? In darkness. Light being heaven, darkness being what? Hell. 
Praise God. So we said in Genesis chapter 1, 26, 27, God created man in his, in, in his image. Now, if you look at Genesis 2, verse 6 into 7, we now see a, another explanation, a deeper explanation, where we see the creation of the spirit of man and the formation of the body of man, showing you the component parts. Then he now tell you, tells you that man became a living soul. So we have three components in Genesis 2, 6 to 7. He says, but there went up a mist from the earth and watered the whole face of the ground, and the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground. That is the body. The, that, you see, he formed man of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the bread of life. That is the spirit dimension. That is the spirit of man. Then he now says, and man became what? A living soul. So that means man became a living soul as a result of the fusion of his spirit with his body, which means that the soul part of man, hallelujah, only comes alive when a man's spirit is made one with his body. So the soul is the bridge between the spirit component of man and the bodily component of man. The soul is the bridge. Very important. The soul is the bridge between the spirit component of man and the bodily component of man. It means that the quality of spiritual all right, of the spiritual component of man that is expressed in the physical component of man is a function of the quality of his soul. Hallelujah. The quality of his soul, because the soul is the bridge. The Bible says in Romans chapter 12, all right, verse 3, it says, Be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the what? Renewing of your mind. The mind there is a faculty in the soul. The faculty in the soul. So until that soul, that the quality of the soul is going to determine what? The earthly experience of the man and how much of his spiritual side is manifested in his experience. So man is a spirit, First Thessalonians chapter 5. First Thessalonians chapter number 5. And let us look at verse 17 into 21. All right, pray without ceasing. Now look at 18. He says what? Um, in everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. Quench not the spirit, despise not prosper signs. 21 now says, prove all things old fast that which is good. 22. And the very God of peace, okay, absent from all appearance of evil. 23 now says, and the very God of peace sanctify you wholly. Sanctify you wholly. Now when he says, Sanctify you holy. Holy there is talking about completion entirely. He says, and I pray God your whole spirit and soul and body be preserved blameless unto the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. So you see there, all right, Paul elucidates the components of man. He says man is a spirit, has a soul, and lives in a body. So the part man is primarily spirit. Praise God. Man is primarily a spiritual being, as we've seen. It's primarily a spiritual being that has a soul and lives in a body. Okay? All right? It's a spiritual being that has a soul and lives in a body. Now, the degree to which the spiritual aspect of man is expressed in the body of man is a function of the what? The quality of that man's soul. Hallelujah. And the soul of a man... Simply is that part of him that records the occurrences and the activities, all right, in that man's earthly experience. All right? That's what the soul is. The soul just basically is a hard drive of man's experiences. 
It's a hard drive of man's experiences where you have that that hard drive is divided into the conscious mind and the subconscious mind. So the quality of that hard drive, the quality of the information in that hard drive will determine how much of the spirit of man is expressed in his body. Hallelujah. Praise God. All right, it's going to determine it. It's going to determine it. Now, remember, the Bible says the spirit of a man is a candle of the Lord. It's a candle of the Lord. Candle there means a source of illumination. Candle there means that a source of brightness. And more importantly, candle there means a source of direction. All right, so when Jesus I am the light of the world. He could as much said, I am the candle of the, of the world. So basically what he's saying, candle is a metaphor for light. Praise God. Candle is a metaphor for what? For direction. So when he says, the spirit of a, of a man is a candle of the Lord, searching all the inward parts of his belly, he's saying that every single thing a man needs to know about himself, he, that information is locked up where? In the spirit of a man. Every single thing, all right, that a man needs to know about his life, himself, is locked up in the spirit of a man. Look at 1 Corinthians chapter number 2. In 1 Corinthians chapter number 2, we're going to read from verse 8 into verse 12. 1 Corinthians 2, from verse 8 into verse 12. Now, you're going to see something interesting in how Paul passes this across. How Paul passes this across. He says, we not, which none of the princes of this world knew, for had they known it, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. But as it is written, I had not seen, nor heard, neither have entered into the heart of man. Next verse. All right. All right. But God had revealed them unto us by his spirit, for the spirit searcheth all things, yet the deep things of God. Now notice something important. It tells you here that the spirit of God searches all things, yet the deep things of God. Now what is the spirit searching all things for? It's searching all things for the purpose of revealing them. So that means the purpose of the spirit, all right, is to search and reveal. The purpose of the spirit is to search out a thing and throw light concerning that thing because the information and the capacity to know is in the spirit it says but god hath revealed them unto us by his spirit notice he said god hath revealed them unto us by his spirit so that means to know the things that are in god all you need is to have his spirit because his spirit is the revealer of everything in god he said for the spirit searcheth all things here the deep things of god he now says in 11 for what man knoweth the things of a man, save the spirit of a man, what? Which is in him. Even so, the things of God knoweth no man but the spirit of God. What is this telling you? It's telling you that all of the information that pertain to a man are inside the man's spirit. If you want to know what, is, what pertains to a man, God has put all of the information in the man's spirit. Are you following what I'm saying? God has put all of the information in the man's spirit, which means the capacity to know, the character capacity to be properly directed in the direction you should go is already in your spirit. It's already in your spirit. So the, when we are talking about the leading of the spirit, all right, we are talking about being led by your own newly 
recreated spirit. Being led by your spirit that has been born again. Why? Because the capacity to know what to do and every single direction, every single place you should go, every single person you should meet, every single place and location you should travel to, all of that information is in your spirit. This is why sometimes you get into seasons of disturbances. You get into seasons of turbulence where you all of a sudden are restless. Why are you restless? Because there is an information in your spirit that you have not allowed coming to manifestation. Praise God. You have not allowed coming to manifestation because that information is there. It is also the reason why many a times when you meet people for the first time that you are supposed to be connected to, it seems as though an alarm bell will go off inside of you and you just want to be with that person. What is going on? What is going on is that your spirit already has the information within it that you have to be connected with this person. And when, all right, in the time realm, you now meet that person, that spirit, your spirit man, born again, gives you a signal that, hey, this person is connected to you and you are connected to them. Why? Because the information is in your spirit. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Stop seeing the leading of the Spirit as foreign to you. No, it is your inheritance in Christ. It is inside. Listen, every single thing you need to know, every single thing you need to do is already fabricated and has been what? Sown into your reborn spirit. So the leading of the Spirit is not something you seek. The leading of the Spirit is something you have that you now have to walk in. So when the Bible talks about walk in the Spirit, the leading of the Spirit is part and parcel of what you should walk in. Hallelujah. Look at what he says. He said, what, what man were the things of a man? Save the spirit of man which is in him. So that means, what man knoweth the things of a man? Save the spirit of the man which is in him. So the answer to the things of a man are in his spirit. They are in his spirit. They are in his spirit. Glory to God. In his spirit. He said, even so, the things of God knoweth no man, but the spirit of God. Verse 12, it now tells us, all right, now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit which is of God, that we might know the things that are freely given. Are you seeing this? So that means the answer concerning direction is already in us. For we have the spirit of man born again, hallelujah, which is the spirit of God. And because we have the spirit of man born again, we have access to all things that are freely given to us of God. Praise God. Praise God. We are led of the spirit of God. The spirit of God is the one that causes us to know. Now, let me even show you something very important. All right. All right. We have, all right, a lamp is that which gives illumination of direction. I've explained that. Look at, just write down these scriptural references. Second Samuel 22, 29. 2 Samuel 22, 29. Psalms 18, 28. Psalm 119, 105. And Proverbs 6, 23. Praise God. Praise God. Amen. So now that we know this, we need to understand that, listen, if the information is already within you, glory to God, 
if the information is already within you and all of the things that pertain to your life, God has already put all of that information within you by his spirit. It therefore means that if God is going to lead you, he would not need to shout. Are you following? Shouting and noise is a proof of distance. You only shout to someone who is far away from you. Drama is a proof of distance or how will I put it, put it an, incapacity, an incapacity to listen and hear when spoken to quietly. Hallelujah. So for example, if all of the information you need is in a laptop and you needed to know what an information is, what do you do? You open the laptop and you search for it. Is that correct? Why are you searching the laptop? Because the information is there. It's the same thing with the man born again. All of the information is in your spirit. When you need an information, you just what? Go and search for it. Where? In your spirit. Because the information is where? In your spirit. There is not one need thing. One, there is not one information. There is not one direction or a leading of the spirit that you need, that you need to look for an external source to give it to you. In the New Testament, we are not even supposed to be led by prophets. If a prophet is coming to give you a word, that word he gives you must agree with what is already in your spirit. Why? Remember, the spirit searched all things. Yeah, the deep things of God. He says, what man knows the things of a man except the spirit of man that is in him. So that means if I come giving you a word, your spirit must agree with what I have said. Hallelujah. Because I am giving you a word by the Holy Ghost, but that Holy Ghost has already downloaded all of the leading you would ever need in your life into your spirit. So if I give you a word and you search and it doesn't agree, it means I missed it. Praise God. Because it doesn't agree with what God has already put in you. So the leading of the spirit is intrinsic to the man in Christ. It is not extrinsic. It is intrinsic to him. It is, oh glory to God, it is Closer and realer to him than the air that he breathes. The living of the spirit is closer to the man in Christ than oxygen. Praise God. Praise God. Romans chapter number 8 and verse 14. Romans chapter number 8 and verse 14. Now look at what he says there. He says, for as many as are led by the spirit of God... They are the sons of God. So the leading of the spirit is for sons. The leading of the spirit is for sons. Now you will notice something that the man who is not in Christ, especially if you look at, if you look at the Old Testament scriptures and even the New Testament scriptures, you'll find out that most of these guys, whenever God spoke to them, he spoke to them dramatically. He would speak to them through dreams. For example, we look at Nebuchadnezzar. Nebuchadnezzar had dreams. And Nebuchadnezzar had dreams but did not understand the meaning of those dreams. Which means he had the capacity to have dreams from God. But did not have the capacity to be of, of what? Being able to decipher what God is saying. Because to understand God, you need what? His spirit. So he needed men like Daniel to come and give interpretation of what the dream meant. Pharaoh also in Genesis chapter 49 also 
also had a dream. Was it Genesis 49 or 47? All right. He also had a dream, but did not understand the dream that he had. He needed a man on whom the Spirit of God rested to give interpretation of what the dream he had was about. Then you have the woman centurion in Acts of Apostles chapter number 10. All right. If an angel appears to him, but he still needed a man in whom the Spirit was to explain what, what he has seen was about. Why? Because it takes the Spirit of God for a man to understand or know God. So therefore, the leading of the Spirit is the inheritance of sons. The leading of the Spirit is the inheritance of sons. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. So sons of God are led. Sons of God are led. So now you can say, but pastor, I have never heard from God before. Are you a son of God? Do you believe in Jesus, death, burial, and resurrection? If the answer to that is yes, then you are led of God. You now have to walk in the consciousness of that leading. And I'll show you how to do that. He says, for as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. Now look at verse 15. Verse 15 now says, all right, he says, quickly, for you have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption whereby we cry what? Abba, Father. What does that tell you? The spirit we have within us is the one of sonship. And he says, by that spirit we cry Abba, Father. Abba, Father, Abba is Hebrew word for endearment between a son and the father. A child and the father. He says, whereby we cry Abba, Father. Which means that by the indwelling of the spirit and the new birth, the man in Christ has communicative ability with God. He can talk to God and God will talk back. Hallelujah. Which means he has access to know God because God already knows him. So he says, we receive the spirit of adoption whereby we cry what? Abba, Father. All right? That's hello, Daddy. Or hello, Papa. Praise God. Now look at verse 16. It now says, the spirit itself beareth witness with our what? Spirit that we are the children of God. Now look at what he now says here. He talks about bearing witness. Bearing witness. So this is talking about the inward witness, the witness you have on your inside concerning a matter. It says, the spirit himself beareth witness with our spirit. The inward witness is an inward knowing. All right? The inward witness is an inward knowing. The inward witness is an inward testimony, an inward testifying. Glory to God of your recreated human spirit concerning the truth of God's leading in whatever situation you are trying to determine what to do. The inward witness does not necessarily have to be a voice. The inward witness is a knowing. It's a perception. Perception. Very important. Very, very important. It's a perception. In Acts chapter 27, verse 10, Paul says something like, I perceived in my spirit. I perceive. Acts 27, 10. The word perceive, perceive there is the Greek word theorio. 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 And said, you see, look at what it says. This, this was, what was, what was going on worse. All right. Paul was being taken to Rome and they were in a ship on the, you know, 
on the sea. And as they were going to Rome, praise God, um, right, they had certain storms and all. Then Paul now talks to everybody inside the boat. He says, and said unto them, sirs, I perceive that this voyage will be with hurt and much damage, not only of the lading and ship, but also of our lives. Now notice, he did not say an angel appeared to me. He did not say I heard a voice. He said, I what? I perceive. Now that word perceive is a Greek word theorio. It means to discern. It's a knowing, a knowing. So you just a knowing, all right? The, the word we call this, they'll call it a premonition, all right? A premonition. But this thing is not a premonition. A premonition can be something that is mental or something that is psychological. But this perception is divine perception that is activated in the man who is born again. It is a knowing within that man. He just knows that he knows that he knows. He has gotten a divine knowing, a divine signal within his spirit concerning the matter. The inward witness. The inward witness. Praise God. The inward witness. Look at 2 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 8. 2 Corinthians 7 and verse 8. All right. Okay. Look at what he now says in 2 Corinthians 7 verse 8. He says, For though this is Paul, he says, For though I made you sorry with a letter, I do not repent. Though I did repent, for I perceive that the same epistle had made you sorry, though it were bought for a season. Paul did not say, the Holy Ghost told me that, all right, um, the epistle made you sorry. He said, I what? Perceive. So there was a non-verbal communication between Paul and the uh, Corinthian church. But when Paul thought of them, he perceived something about them. So this perception is what is called the inward witness. Ken Hagen told a story about a businessman, all right, during the Depression days, who was on record of being a millionaire. And, all right, he, 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 you know, he was telling folks that he had never lost money in any, all right, all right, he, he had never lost, all right, he had never lost, what do you call it now, never lost, any investment or any business that he had done. Praise God. Never had lost any business investment that he had done. So they were asking him, now, what is your secret? That even the best of us lose money. So he said, what I do is this. Whenever somebody brings an investment proposal his way, a lot of people bring a lot of investment proposal, you know, to a rich man. They'll bring this investment proposal and stuff like that. So what he normally did was that he would take one at a time and he would spend three days Three days, considering it. He would take three days where he stayed away from people, stayed away from all the noise, stayed away from all the distraction. You understand? Then he would go to his place of prayer, his, you know, his uh, reading room or his study, and after he has prayed, he would just spend some time listening. 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 That he said, usually it just takes him three days to get to a point where, all right, his spirit man... All right, he has quietened everything to an extent he can actually discern what his spirit is saying about that matter. So many times he, will hear, he, will, he has seen some where the numbers did not look very good, 
to invest, but the spirit will say, go ahead and invest in that. And when he invested in it, everything turns out right. Then there will be some that everything will look wonderfully, wonderful externally, <coughs> all right? But after he has reviewed it and checked his spirit, what he will get is no, do not invest in that. Hallelujah. Now, that is how to be led by the Spirit of God. Why? Because to be led by the Spirit of God is to see things with the eyes of the Spirit. All right? To see things with the eyes of the Spirit. Because many a times, things are not what they seem. And people are not what they seem. Ken Hagen told the story one time also about some group of men, businessmen, who approached him and told him that they wanted to invest into his ministry. This was a time when Ken Hagen was thinking of actually, you know, when he was, he felt the Lord was leading him to put all of his messages in tapes and stuff like that, you know, in media. This was when he was starting, he wanted to do the Ken Hagen Library, Ken Hagen Radio Ministry and things like that. So these guys came and one, one of them said, you know what, I will rent an office for you. I went an office for you. And that person came and said, I'm going to do this for you. And the Lord appeared in a vision to Ken Hagen. Now, that is spectacular manifestation. Okay, now spectacular manifestation, all right, of, all right, of the spirit. And in that vision, the Lord told Ken Hagen through an angel that he should not invest or do not allow those guys put money into his ministry. And the Lord told Ken Hagen that this is the last time I'm going to lead you by this because you already knew in your spirit that you should not allow these guys. Now, because if you check many of us, there are times when you look at, certain decisions we wanted to make and we made a mistake or maybe there was one investment opportunity and you put the money and you lost it. If you are being honest, you will find out that within your spirit, you would have had a check within you telling you don't do this thing. Don't do it or wait. Praise the Lord. Now, let me tell you something about how the inward weakness works. The inward weakness works like traffic lights. You know traffic light? When you are driving, all right, on the road, on traffic light, you will see red, you will see amber, and you will see green. Is that correct? You see red, amber, or yellow, or you see green. All right, red is stop. Is that correct? It's stop. All right, amber is just wait a moment. All right, then green is go, express. Many a times, the leading of the spirit is like that. The leading of the spirit is like that, all right? When, for example, you meet some people, maybe you are thinking of getting married, then somebody comes and approaches you and says, I love you, blah, 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 all right? Or you as a guy, you are making that consideration. When you sit in front of that person, all right, and you, or you, 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 you know, you know, you are having dates and dinner, you're going to have a nice time, and all of that that is going on is going to be determined by the flesh, how nice the person treats you, how great the restaurant is, praise God, how great that perfume is, and things like that. None of that, that is good that's nice but that doesn't really tell you what god wants you to do so what you need to do is to go into a place of prayer and that's where the place of speaking in tongues is important let's turn to first corinthians chapter number 14 and verse 2 into 4 first corinthians chapter number 14 verse 2 to 4 remember we said that all of the information all right that god wanted you to have is already in you by the holy ghost you have all of that information in you right now it means there is no information no leading of the spirit no decision that you are to make that you don't already have the information in your spirit do not forget 
you make decisions in time, but in eternity, all decisions have already been made. Praise God. You make decisions in time, but in eternity, all decisions have already been made. In the realm of the spirit, what should happen has already happened. Hallelujah. I said in the realm of the spirit, what should happen has already happened. All right. But you will need to take the decisions, all right, in time that is reflective of what has already occurred and happened in the realm of the spirit. Hallelujah. I said hallelujah. Very, very important. Very important for us to know this. Okay. So what happens when we speak in other tongues? When we speak in other tongues, we increase our consciousness of the information that is already in our spirit. Why? Well, look how it says, For he that speaketh in an unknown tongue, speaketh not unto men, but unto God. No man understands him, albeit in the spirit he speaketh mysteries. In verse 4, it tells us, He that speaketh in an unknown tongue, edifieth himself. So the man who is speaking in tongues, can we go in there, First Corinthians 14, 4? Alright? The man who is speaking in tongues is edifying himself. He is charging himself. Alright, so as he's charging himself and he's edifying himself, he is conscious of himself. The himself he's conscious of, is conscious of what? Of his spirit man. Hallelujah. Speaking in tongues increases the consciousness of the man of his spirit. So when he is increasing or he has the consciousness of his spirit is increased, he becomes more aware of what the spirit wants done. Hallelujah. All right, because the spirit already has desires. Spirit already has a position concerning every question. So when you are praying in tongues, what you are doing is that you are quietening the voice of your mind. You are quietening the voice of your body. Praise God, because prayer quietens the voice of your body. How I many of you know what I'm talking about? All right, the more you pray, the uh, quieter or the less loudly your body is talking. Amen. But the more you pray, the louder, praise God, you are conscious of the voice of your spirit. So as you're speaking in tongues, speaking in tongues causes you to increase your awareness of the position, disposition, and the leading of your spirit. Because you are edifying yourself, your spirit man, when you speak in other tongues. No, so as you're beginning to speak in tongues and you're speaking in tongues and you are conscious of your spirit, you will now find out that the witness of the spirit now becomes very, you know, you know, you, you just know exactly what it is you should do. When you think about that matter, you feel good about it. Praise God. You feel okay about it. You have peace about it. The peace I'm talking about is peace that, following, that follows what? Praying in tongues. The Bible says, be anxious for nothing. All right? But in everything, by prayer and supplication, make your request known unto what? God. It now says, and the peace of God that passes all understanding shall what? Garrison your mind. So the peace of God is that which follows what? Effective prayer in the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. That peace that follows supplication is a sure guide, a sure referee in the leading of the Spirit. That peace that follows supplication is a sure guide, a sure guide in the leading of the Spirit. Glory to God. I said glory to God. Very, very important for us to know this. Is this helping anybody? All right. That peace that follows, all right, is a sure guide. Very, very sure guide. 
So when you get to a point and you've prayed about the matter, you spend time supplicating about it, all right? And you just check within your spirit. Oh, it's fine. Say, go. All right? Glory to God. All right? There are times when you, pray, you have done all of that, all and all of that, and you say, no, 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 don't do it. You just find that you couldn't find peace about it. All right? You prayed about it, prayed about it, but you didn't find peace about this person being the fellow you are to marry. Or you prayed about it and you done everything, you didn't find peace about relocating to that country. You prayed about it and you fasted about it, you didn't find peace. You didn't find peace concerning it. That is a leading of the Spirit. That is God telling you, don't do this. Do this very clear, all right. God is under no obligation to lead you by any other way but by your spirit. Praise God! Now, let me show you something. Look at Galatians, the book of Galatians, chapter 5. All right, it says, The flesh lost against the spirit, and the spirit against the flesh. And these are what? Contrary one to another. Remember, remember that? Let me find this for you. Praise God. So, the, 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 the spirit has desires. Amen. Very, very important. The spirit has desires. Look at Galatians 5.16. Galatians 5.16. All right. Uh -huh, yeah, you're, you're at 17. But 16 says, walk in the spirit. All right. This I say then, walk in the spirit, and it shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Okay, it now says, for the flesh lusted against the spirit. Now, when it says the flesh lusted against the spirit, it says the flesh has strong desires that are in direct opposition to the strong desires of the spirit. It says, for the flesh lusted against the spirit, and the spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary the one to another, so that you cannot do the things that you would. Now, notice something. It means that the desires of the spirit always goes in direct opposition to the desires of the spirit of the flesh. It means that God's spirit would always lead in a totally different direction to your flesh. The leading of God is not in your flesh. The leading of God is where in your spirit. And the very fact that the leading of the spirit, glory to God, is in our spirit, and it goes in direct opposition to the flesh, okay, makes the leading of the spirit very, very easy. Let me give you an example. I've taught you many times that to be led of the word is to be led of the Holy Ghost, correct? That the spirit of God will not lead you in direct opposition to the word. Praise God. It means that if a believer will study the word of God effectively and meditate on the word of God effectively and do what the word says, he would never find himself out of God's leading. Hallelujah. He will never find himself out of God's leading. So, for example, you are praying about someone to marry. If you follow God's word's instruction concerning association, concerning friendship, concerning fellowship, concerning what you should do and what what you not do, you will find out that you will inadvertently choose the right person. Hallelujah. So instead of you coming to ask and pray, should I marry of somebody who is of a different faith, you will just check the scripture and say, the Bible says, be not be unequally yoked with what? An unbeliever. If you came to someone and the person was telling you, I want to marry you, but I don't believe in all this preaching business. I don't believe in carrying Jesus on my head. You don't have to pray about that because there is clarity in the word of God concerning what you should do about that. You cannot come and say you want to pray about someone who is a professed 
fornicator who does not see anything wrong with fornicating. And you say you want to pray about whether God, you know, whether this person is your spouse. You can't do that because the word of God has expressly says, do not company with a what? A fornicator. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I said, hallelujah. Someone comes to you with a business proposition and he tells you that all you have to do is this. If you bring one million, I will give you four million in three days. And you ask this person, how exactly are you going to do this thing? He cannot explain it. All right. Then you now say you want to go and pray about whether or not you should put your money into that business. Praise God. All you have to do is to read the word. Amen. The word is very, very clear about, all right, all right, wealth that is suddenly gained. There is a lot of instruction against covetousness and about the love of money being the root of all evil. It is very clearly stated in scriptures. You do not need a spectacular voice to talk to you on something that the word of God is very clear about. Praise God. I said, praise God. You don't need a spectacular manifestation, all right, of God where it is already clear what the, script, the instructions of the scriptures are. Listen to me. To be led of the word is to be led of the spirit. To be led of the word is to be led of the spirit of God. To be led of the word is to be led of the spirit of God. Imagine a man is married, all right, then he meets another chiquita outside that looks very, very attractive. He's married. Then he goes to God to pray to find out whether he should divorce his wife. How about now? The word of God is clear. You don't need to be wasting God's time. Praise God. It's very clear. The scripture is clear. That guy's desire, that desire to divorce his wife is found where? In his flesh. And, all right, his spirit man will not have those same desires. Glory to God. Glory to God. Very, very important. Very, very clear. The spirit of a man born again is led of God. He does not lack direction. He does not lack direction. He does not lack direction. Now, let me say something very important here before I close. All right, I'll close and we'll continue next week. Do not allow, all right, remember I told you that the the soul of a man is the bridge between his spirit and his body. Remember I said that? Remember I said that? The soul of a man is the bridge between the, uh, in the spirit and the body. Which also means that the soul of a man could actually affect that man's perception of God's leading. Hallelujah. Let me give you an example. The children of Israel were led by God to go to the promised land, right? The spirit of Israel were led by God to go to the promised land. God had told them that he had given them a land filled with what? Milk and honey. He had told them he had given that to them. And they were on their way there. Then Moses says they should choose 12 spies. And they should choose these 12 spies. And what these 12 spies were supposed to do was that they were supposed to go into the promised land and spy the land out, all right, and come and give a report. Now, listen, God was the one that was leading the children of Israel to this land. And told them, I'm giving it to you. So they were led by God there. But they got there, the spies got there, and instead of concentrating on only the beautiful land and the 
trees and the fruits, they saw the giants. And they came back to talk about the biceps of this giant, the pectoralis of this giant, and how that these giants are really mighty, and how that they were what? Grasshoppers in the eyes, all right, compared to the giants. So what happened? God had already given them the land. God had already led them. But what affected their interpretation? Their mindset. Their what? Their mindset. There are many of us that when God has told us to actually do something, we actually interpreted what he told us to do, all right, within the confines of our mindsets. Our mindsets. All right? Our mindsets. Our background. So God calls you to uh, uh, plant a church, but because you have always done ministry where it is safe, around students, you now felt that the church God plant, told you to plant, all right, where a church filled with students. Do you know why you planted a church filled with students? Because in your mindset, you don't think a 45-year-old man will come and listen to you. You don't think a 55-year-old person will come and listen to you. You think that the people that God has called to listen to you are people that look like you, are people that are younger than you. So you now go ahead and carry out what God has told you to do, but it has been limited by your mindset. Hallelujah. It has been limited by your mindset. Limited by your mindset. God tells you, I want you to have, all right, a technology company. But you see, the truth about it, it has told you what you want you to do. But your interpretation of it, many a times, might be limited by your mind. Mind. Your mind. Your mind. This is why it's important to renew your mind. Renew your mind. Renewing your mind all right, would happen through exposing your mind to the word of God. Renewing your mind also would happen by exposing yourself to other men and women of faith who are following God and doing great things. The Bible says, be what? Be ye followers of them who through what? Faith and patience inherited what? The promise. Why is that important? Because when you are around people already doing great stuff for God, all right, it will actually affect your mind and let you know that there is nothing God has told you to do that he cannot do. Think about it. There is a reason why Joshua was very close to Moses, and it was Joshua that was close to Moses that God handed over the baton to. Why? Because Joshua heard for 40 years how Moses thought. Heard the vision for 40 years. He understood what the expectation was. Joshua, it was not even a mistake that when these 12 spies came back and said they are rubbish, Joshua and Caleb said no. Why? Joshua was close to Moses. He was hearing what Moses was hearing. Association will affect your mind. Association will either affect your mind or expand it. Praise God. God can tell two people and give two people an instruction, the same instruction, but how they will carry it out will be a function of their mind. God can tell two people, go and take the world and populate the world, glory to God, with my gospel. And one of them will reinterpret that instru instruction to be his village alone, and the other person will actually go around the world. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Your mind. Think about it. Apostle Paul. Glory to God. I'll end with this. Apostle Paul is an interesting example. You know, 
Apostle Paul was going around his missionary journeys. Then he got to a point when he get, got to different parts, all right, of places, the people will come and prophesy to him that they were going to put him in prison in Jerusalem. All right, the Bible even tells us that Apostle, uh, uh, evangelist Philip had four daughters who prophesied, and they came and prophesied that, hey, listen, all right, you're going to be put in, um, in, in jail, and uh, the children of Israel are going to do some, the Jews are going to do this so and so and such to you. Prophet Agabus came and gave Paul same prophecy. He comes and he ties, he takes a cloth and ties his own hands and leg and says, he takes Paul's cloth and ties his hands and leg and says, this is what is going to happen to the guy that owns this garment. Now, how did Paul interpret that message? The mindset of Paul was responsible for his reaction. Paul comes around and says, listen to me, I am ready not just to be what? Arrested, but to die for the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. So that, what does that tell you? It tells you that his mindset was key. Because another person would have heard what Paul said and would have interpreted those instructions as a warning not to go to Jerusalem. Are you following? But Paul interpreted the instruction that, all right, oh, there's challenge going to Jerusalem, but I need you to go. That's why whenever you read that part of the Bible, you will be wondering, you, you will be thinking. When you read that, you're not saying, Paul, why didn't you just stay where you were? Why did you go? The difference was his mindset. Self-limiting beliefs rooted in your mind would affect the expression of God's plan for your life. Self-limiting belief. Low self-esteem. Low self-esteem. When you always see yourself as less, when you always see yourself as low, when you always see yourself as a weakling, all right, all right, God is talking to you in the spirit, but your mindset, all right, is being limited by a false self-image. And because your mindset is being limited by a false self-image, all right, it's going to affect your interpretation of what God is telling you. Praise God. It will affect your interpretation of what God is telling you. And when the, what God is telling you all right, is affected, the interpretation of what is affected, you are going to find out that you are not going to be able to do what God has called you to do. All right? Express it as he wants you to express it. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. This is so, so important. So remember, the leading of the Spirit is not extrinsic to you. It is what? Intrinsic to you. You know what to do. Hallelujah. You know what to do. You already know. Why? Because you are born again. All you need to, now, all you need to do is to walk in that leading or discern the leading or perceive the leading. And how do you do that? Spend time praying in the Spirit. As you spend time praying in the Spirit, all right, you spend time praying in the Spirit, then listen to your spirit man. Listen. To your spirit man, all right. Listening to your spirit man has to do with discerning the knowing, discerning what your, that inward witness is telling you. That is what it means to listen. To listen to your spirit man, pay attention to what is telling you. Hallelujah! Pay attention to what is telling you. Listen, all right. So you will have it will come in a knowing, all right. To do this or not to do this, to go here or not to go here. That is what you need to do. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. 
That is what you do. So you see, you have to learn how to follow the inward witness. How to learn how to follow the inward witness. Praise the Lord. So for example, you get to a point where you are working a particular job and all of a sudden you have this dissatisfaction with your job and you have a desire to change jobs. Don't call it your flesh. That is the leading of the spirit. God is the one leading you. Remember, it is not extrinsic to you. It is what? Intrinsic to you. Praise the Lord. It's one leading you. It's one leading you. All right? Leading you and all. All right? Uh, uh, um, you know, you, whatever it is, just leading you. Now, you must also be careful of mixing up your own ambition with the leading of the Spirit. Are you following? You mean, that is where... Time of prayers are important. That is where speaking in tongues is important. Because you see, if you don't speak in tongues and increase your consciousness of what your spirit man is actually saying, you might confuse the plans you have in the flesh from or with the leading of the spirit in your spirit. Because you see, the way it works is this. If you stay over in the flesh and you are conscious of the flesh without define your spirit or charging your spirit so that you can be conscious. Listen, you will have a form of pseudo-peace about a wrong decision that you are about to make in the flesh. Hallelujah. You will have pseudo-peace. There is a peace that is pseudo. There is a peace that is false. Alright? But when you spend time praying in the spirit and your consciousness of the of the leading of the spirit has gotten to a particular point. You will just know, oh, this is what I'm supposed to do. That is why it is very important to stay filled with the spirit and make decisions only after you have spent time exercising yourself in the Holy Ghost. Exercising yourself in the Holy Ghost is not for the purpose of getting God to tell you what to do. No, it is for the purpose of getting you all right, to that place where you are conscious of what you are supposed to do because the information on what to do is already where? In the spirit. Hallelujah. So it is a form of arousing up yourself to be conscious of what God is telling you to do. Amen? Hallelujah. Have we been blessed? Have we been blessed? So the leading of the Spirit is not extrinsic to you. It's intrinsic to you. The leading of the Spirit, the Holy Ghost, your spirit man is your inward compass. Hallelujah. It's your inward what? Compass. You know, listen, whatever it is, the answer is within you. Hallelujah. And if you spend some sufficient time praying in tongues, you're right, you'll be able to pick things before they happen. You just know that this thing is coming. And you prepare for it. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. You just know that this thing is coming. All right. And you're ready for it. This is why the man in Christ must walk in the spirit. Because all of the information he needs is where? In the spirit. You have just listened to a message by Reverend Dr. Femi Olale of Oikea Christian Center. For other messages, visit our website at www.oikiacc.org. Remain blessed.